Hello and welcome. My name's Ben. I'm the CEO of Charlie HR, and this is the Culture Ops Podcast. We're the podcast that's trying to lift the lid on the challenging situations that affect your business and your culture on a daily basis. Let's get into it. Amazing. So I want to welcome you to another edition of the Culture Ops podcast. And the topic that we're going to dive into today is that of communication. So we're recording this episode during the coronavirus lockdown, and it's probably very evident to you, as it is evident to me, that communication and keeping everyone aligned across our businesses has never really been more important than it is now. And so to help me dig into that topic, um, I'd like to welcome Sarah Mortada-Sitch, Head of Marketing at Worklife, to discuss and unpack that issue with us today. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Ben. How you doing? Yeah, good. Good. Obviously at home. Um, yeah. But yeah, good. As good as one can be right now, I think. What's the... Um, What's the most interesting thing you've learned or most bizarre thing you've learned about yourself since you've been remote working and working from home? You know, are you is there like some particular food that you're eating all the time or is there a video game you've started playing again? Some kind of like, you know, return back to your childhood? Yeah, I've actually so I went off social media for a very long time um, and then I have become kind of like I think I'm an influencer now uh, and I think that's happened to a lot of people who are now home and just have time so I've downloaded TikTok because apparently wow. it's the most downloaded app this year um so I downloaded it to see what it was all about I learned that in a virtual quiz and I was like what is this so I downloaded it and within four days I've made 10 videos <laughs> amazing and, and I guess you now you now it's that you think you're an influencer yeah. it's not that you actually I'm are definitely not <laughs> I'm okay, definitely good, not. Nice. I'm about eight followers on TikTok. So. Well, it's more than me. Um, and uh, why don't you start by telling us a bit about uh, what work life do? Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess your role at the company and, uh, you know, why, why you love working there. Cool. Um, so work life is a workspace provider. Um I would you normally I would have used to say co-working space, but we recently launched a managed office solution. Um, so now we're a workspace provider. We do more than co-working, um, and we say we're for businesses who care about people. Uh, and we say that because we really believe that happy workers and happy team members uh, have a significant impact on the success of your business. Um, and how that kind of translates into what we do is we really put everything into uh, making sure the way you know the people we hire to the service we provide and the way we design our spaces is designed to provide the best environment for our members, um, which allows them to, you know, be happy and um, bring themselves to work. Cause we think that's when people do their best work when they feel comfortable and they're um, enjoying themselves and they're proud, they're proud of where they are, where they're working. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of work life. Um, I am head of marketing and I joined work life three and a bit years ago, three and a half years ago coming on. And it's only a five-year-old company um, coming up in August. So um, was one of the early team members. I think I was number nine or number 10. I can't remember, but the first in support. So someone who wasn't a location-based uh, team member, so not the membership team. Uh, so yeah, I've seen it go through a lot of changes. Uh, I've seen 
uh, a lot of growth and a lot of um, mistakes and a lot of learnings. Uh, but yeah, I feel very lucky to work somewhere like Work Life because uh, it's a very autonomous company where they trust you fully to do your job. And actually, we were on a pa panel together, Ben, about flexibility. Um, sure. And that is pretty much why I love my job at work life other than the people because they're amazing um is the fact that I am trusted to do my job and I'm trusted to do it um whether they can see me in front of them or whether I'm at home right now um or wherever I am so I love the autonomy I'm given there and that definitely enables me to be more creative and feel more proud in the work that I deliver um and it's just a great company who loves mm. people ultimately and I'm definitely a people person so and um and, and you know, quite strong values, I think, and that 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 value of autonomy and the ability for everyone to kind of go off and do their best work in whatever situation, whatever setup makes sense for them. You know, it's really clear for me that uh, you know, in this time that we find ourselves in, hashtag the new norm. Um, we, you know, it's the companies that have those strong values that are. You know, I, I wouldn't say thriving because I think that's the wrong word, but are enduring this crisis in a in a way whereby afterwards they will be able to hold their heads up very, very high and say that they did the right thing for their team uh, and their business. And that's just such a great thing to witness. Definitely. I think we're definitely better equipped uh, to deal with this because of our culture that existed before um we were forced to work remotely and work the way we are working right now um and yeah definitely agree with you on that nice so um that's not what we're talking about today we're not talking about values we are talking about communication and specifically how to get your team on the same page and i guess where i want to start is a bit of a story uh and and for you to drive that but when did you guys first realize that maybe communication was something that you hadn't quite nailed at work life. Yeah, so, I mean, I mentioned I joined three and a half years ago, so probably a year and a bit into the company's whole existence. Um, and probably about a year later, so three years ago, we noticed that there was a communication issue um, in the company. And I think... I mean, obviously, we're, we've got multiple locations in different areas. And that is always that's always been a challenge. And it's always going to be a challenge when you've got your your team separated. Um, and you kind of forget how difficult that is, especially if you, you know, for you guys at Charlie, you probably are working in the same office. Um, and, you know, we're, we're divided across the locations. And actually, until recently, we never even had like an HQ, I guess you could call it, or somewhere that our support team could all work together. Um, so we noticed it about three or about two years ago or three years ago um, when basically we just started getting feedback. And I think that it kind of resulted from going from a team of 10 with three locations to, to within a year, a team of 20 with six locations. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot. And some people listening may be working in companies who are like 200 or 2000 or more than that. Um, but when you are small, and I'm sure you've experienced this, Ben, every bit of growth is actually really challenging. And even just doubling in size from 10 to 20 people 
it kind of comes with a lot of changes without you even having to try or, you know, know that these changes are happening. Um, so as we grew, obviously what happens is, you know, people who maybe wore many different hats, uh, didn't wear the same hats because we were hiring specialists to do this. And so they weren't in the know maybe as much, or they didn't know every movement that was happening as they would have previously. Um, and obviously being across different locations, we didn't, we didn't quite work out the best way to make sure everyone in every location knew what was happening. Um, and then also, you know, as the team grows, you're bringing in people who have different ways of working. And I mean, I'm kind of a victim to that as well. I remember when I joined Worklife, I came from a company, um, a much bigger uh, housing association, and I did not know what other people in other departments were doing. So I never expected to know that when I came in, and I never expected others to want to know that about what was happening in marketing. Do you know what I mean? So for me, communicating across or telling, you know, the membership team or telling the finance team what I'm doing in marketing never even crossed my mind. <laughs> it wasn't something I even was like, oh, you know, that, that would be a good idea. I should definitely let finance know about this. Or I should definitely let, you know, the team in Bermondsey know about this. And um, so you're definitely battling that. And I think, you know, that is something that will always happen no matter who joins because everyone brings their own kind of way of working from their previous way of working um so that's kind of when we noticed it and it was just from hearing you know different feedback from different um team members that they just didn't really feel like they knew as much that was or what was happening decisions were being made and people were being told but people didn't feel like they had any idea or were involved in that and and, um do you think that do you think that that knowledge of what is going on across the organisation is an important thing? Because there is an argument, right, that the the most effective team is a team of one. My my amazing co-founder Rob, um, who is now chairman uh, at, at Charlie, he he would always say to me, "The most effective team is a team of one." And you know, I, I agree with that on some levels, and I definitely disagree with that on on a, on a few others. But there is an argument that actually we should let teams work in silos, let them focus on what they're doing, and not have to worry about um, you know what's going on next door it's that kind of that your your neighbor's fence is a is a is a nice metaphor for it right like what's the reason why you want people peering over the fence and actually they should be focused on their own gardens what what they're doing yeah that's interesting um <laughs> so yeah i think i probably had the same outlook when i first joined work life i was like well you know i'm the marketing specialist why should it matter if I tell everyone else what I'm doing in marketing? Uh, it's not like they can help me, right? Like, but that was wrong. And I definitely um, have changed now. And I wouldn't think that at all. And I think w- one of our values is being inclusive, one of our core values at work life. And that doesn't just mean like diversity, it means getting a range of opinions, getting a range of perspectives. Um, and that is something I now do a lot more naturally than I did when I joined. And I definitely think I'm better and what I, the work I produce now is better because of it. And it's, so it's not just like about people feeling like included. It's, it's opportunity. It's opportunity missed, you know, like often um, if I didn't, you know, drop in Slack, Hey guys, you know, we're thinking about reviewing our um, membership welcome packs. These are some ideas like, 
let me know what you think or vote for your favorite that, you know, I could have gone down a completely wrong path. And sometimes, you know, I don't know uh, what's best, but ultimately the communication and why it's so important is so that people are actually all going in the same direction. And three years ago, we definitely weren't. And we definitely weren't all aligned. We had a mission, you know, we have our values, um, but people weren't behind the work that we're doing and definitely weren't producing the same quality of work at the same kind of efficiency that we are now, now that we've implemented changes to kind of bring everyone back together and make sure that everyone is in the know and we're completely transparent on what everyone's doing. Um, And just to be clear by transparent, I don't mean I need to be like, hey, everyone, this is my to-do list today. This is what I'm working on. You know, people don't want to know that level. When I say they want to know what's happening, they want to know the strategy. They want to know what is the strategy. You know, yeah, we're a co-working space and, you know, we have members, but what is our strategy for a company? What, what are we trying to do to improve and better and where are we trying to get to? And that's what we've gotten much better at communicating. Um, it's not the nitty gritty, which is the mistakes we made was thinking, oh, they want to know every detail. And that's what we were giving them and giving the rest of the team and putting in these processes to kind of make that more visible. But it wasn't working because that's not what people want to know. Hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's very interesting, right? You're talking about, you're talking there about the outcomes of a, a, a culture, an organization where there wasn't the appropriate flow of information uh, across the organization. It meant that, you know, the the quality of work and the ease at which things can happen was less and slower because people didn't have context on what someone else was working on. And so when that person was then faced with a decision or, oh, hey, I've been doing this, there's a ton of surprise you have to go through an education process because they weren't being brought along for the, for the journey. Right. And so as you look at it now, you think we're doing better work. We're working in a better way. What do you think the effect on the culture was? Um, you had these values. Do you, do you think that um, the style of communication that you were adopting at that point in time was, um, was the reverse of those values or do you, you know, was it, was it, was it creating tension with those values? Mm, yeah probably (laughs) when you put it that way I think you know we we like I said inclusive was one of our is one of our values it's always been one of our values and I think the way we were communicating was present a bunch of information give people a bunch of information and if we give them all the information then they'll you know they'll feel like we're communicating and they're in the know but it, it, it wasn't that's not what it was I think like the impact that was having was people just didn't feel important or valued um, and didn't, and because we weren't communicating it in the way that was really inclusive, then people weren't as open to collaborating or as open to sharing their ideas or as open to um, getting involved and asking to be involved in a project, you know, and that's kind of, that is, so important to our growth and to the way we work at work life is we want just because you're in a team over here and marketing and working on a project doesn't mean that what you can do or you can contribute isn't valuable and that you shouldn't do that um so it was more so the way we were communicating was impacting the culture 
because we thought we were doing it. We were like, yeah, we're communicating. We're telling you, <laughs> telling you everything from, you know, what's happening in the leadership meetings to what decisions the company are making to what's happening here. Um, but we weren't including them in it. And what I mean by that is we weren't setting objectives and asking them to contribute to those and saying, you know, this is, this is the strategy. How can you help us achieve the goal? Um, and that's what we were doing wrong. And I think it definitely may have had an impact on the culture. I think, like I said, the growth 10 to 20 is going to have an impact. You're doubling. Um, and people just felt less like they were less involved in the growth and the success of that company. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a story that I've heard lots of other people, um, lots of other people tell, like going from 10 to 20 might seem like still small numbers, but actually you're, you're, you're doubling, right? And every time you double the, um, the problems that you run up against, um, are, are there, right? When you go from 20 to 40, the same thing happens in 40 to 80. Um, so what's the process that you went through? You, you know, you've, you've, you've identified that the way that you're communicating is having some kind of operational um, challenges, it's having some cultural challenges and, you know, the effect on the, on, on the team and the people is, is maybe not what we want. And so what's the process that you went through in terms of fixing it and improving it? Yeah. So we, I mean, like I said, we made some mistakes. I, I definitely don't think we've got, we got to a place that really worked for us until maybe last year. Um, and when we first learned that, okay, communication is an issue, the team definitely are being impacted by it, they're vocalizing it, how can we improve it? I took it, I have to be honest, I probably took it a bit personally, which I shouldn't have. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Um, but, and I think the way, the way that made me think was, okay, fine, I'll put in all this effort to put in meetings. So, and it, this is just one example. So there's obviously, um, communication from you know what the you know the founders are thinking and deciding and also what I'm doing in marketing personally um so I got some feedback that you know the the teams didn't feel like they knew what was happening in marketing so I was like okay let's why don't we try putting in sessions let's put in a monthly session where we can I can report back and I can say this is the performance for the month this is how it breaks down this is how your space performed um, and I did that and I wasted, well, I'm not going to say wasted, but I, I definitely spent a lot of time. So I'd prepare a report. It had to be, it was quite big because we had X amount of spaces, six spaces. Um, I'd host a Zoom meeting. Any any of the people who wanted to attend could attend. Um, and what I'd end up doing is spending hours creating this report. And you have to make it like digestible, right? So you have to make it look nice. You have to put graphs in. It has to be something that people can then go, oh, I get what that says. Um, so that took me a few hours and then I'd host the meeting and people would come. And then after one or two, fewer people came and fewer people came and I was like, okay, I feel now like I'm wasting my time. Um, and that's kind of what everybody did, right? Everyone was like, oh, let me host this session to explain what I'm doing or to explain the performance that happened. Um, so that was a mistake that obviously didn't work. <laughs> and we kept getting feedback that people didn't feel like they knew what was happening. Um, we hired a, about two years ago, we hired a team engagement officer, Rochelle, who I, I'm pretty sure you know well. Yeah. yeah. Um, that definitely helped. Uh, it made the team feel like there was someone there for the team. Um, and she implemented an engagement survey 
which also meant people could feedback. And part of that feedback was communication again, still doesn't, they still don't feel like they know what's happening or what the strategy is or what the business decisions, where the, where they come from. Um, and I think her role was so important to that like shift that they felt like they could maybe direct the feedback somewhere um, and that it would actually get um, taken on board and maybe also like, reviewed you know okay we've got this feedback now is it improving and I think that's definitely what this um survey has helped with so they're getting the survey and the same questions come back and we're checking we're we're checking that we are improving on the areas that we need to improve on um so that definitely helped and then out of that we thought okay people aren't aligned people don't know what's going on people aren't communicating as well as they should be it's definitely not natural for a lot of people I know it wasn't for me communicating across all these different teams and we um one of the founders read a book that uh I think it was called Traction and it was about setting how you set company objectives and how you achieve them as a team as a whole company and how important that is to driving your business and making sure that you're not just saying hey I want to achieve this and then weeks go by and you've never actually done anything and it all kind of falls flat um, and also that it just puts the whole team behind a set, uh, like not not lows, just a few really clear strategic actions. Um, so we thought, let's try it. So at our annual session we set for the year, so this was two years ago, the first time we ever did this, um, we set for the year what we call rocks. Um, and they're just team objectives or KPIs. Uh, and we set four And they were based on different areas. But the key to them is making sure that the whole company can impact them. So it's not going to be something like, you know, create a marketing campaign around this. It's not going to be that specific. So um, an example would be, you know, to uh, increase additional revenue to 10% of our revenue. And that touches membership, marketing, sales, finance, um, And then another one is B Corp. You know, we're trying to become B Corp certified. So that's something the whole team can get behind. And it's something that will uh, take, like make us a better company, ultimately financially, and also just better as um, a culture and what we want to aim for. Uh, MPS is also another one, Um, our promoter score, trying to improve that. So really nice, meaty objectives that everyone can get behind. So when once we set those and we communicated that and why these are important for the business, um, we 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 ask everyone to get behind them. So we say we it like waterfalls down and it basically becomes these are the company ones. Now everyone sets objectives within that that that, that can feed into those company ones. You will always have your own kind of mini ones that are only specific to your role, but there are things that everyone can do to support these and we we advise that like everyone in the team has one or two that contribute directly to a company rock um and that's just made these you know meetings that we have the quarterly ones uh where we go through information about the company so much more engaging so much more valuable people feel like they they are part of the strategy and they are part of the success and it's not just this is the data that's happened. This is how we're performing. Um, and now you have all the information. It's no, this is this is the strategy. You've done this to help us achieve this strategy. Um, and 
obviously if you do all that you have to continue to communicate that so we have like quarterly meetings where we go through it and then we have monthly updates saying how we've progressed against it um and we have weekly updates as well which are a bit more fun we touch on the company rocks but a bit more we do videos and people dress up and um <laughs> pretend they're news anchors um and report on like the weekly weekly updates uh and we we make it light-hearted but i think those objectives are really what um kind of aligned the team and made people feel like okay yeah i know the strategy i don't need to know exactly what marketing is doing on a day-to-day -day basis but i want to know what the strategy is and then they know that marketing are doing everything they can do to meet the strategy and the goal of the company. Yeah, I'm so and I'm so glad you said that because you know I think we've been on a similar journey. You know, albeit we you know we we just call them you know we we use the kind of OKR terminology, but we're talking about you know the same thing, which is you know a cascading mix of both company and team. Uh, objectives and measurables that everyone can see and everyone understands how I'm moving towards those. And I think that's the crux of, of this point, which is that when we think about alignment, which is really what we're talking about here, how do you keep the team on the same page? We often think it's about information, right? I need to, I need to give more information to the team, but actually this isn't about information. This is about process, it's about how you run your organization so that alignment naturally happens. Exactly. Um, you know, you're not, it's, it's not actually that there is more communication necessarily going on between different departments in the business. It's just that the way the business operates, there's more transparency in terms of who's doing what and how those things feed through to what we're ultimately trying to achieve. And so there's so much you can achieve in terms of creating clarity and creating alignment through process rather than actually having to send loads more emails or do long meetings or stand-ups or, or, or whatever. Like that's not what actually is required. You can solve a lot of this just through how you operate the company. If you um, consider the business now today, obviously, um, you know, the challenge and the stress on the communication is probably more than ever um, because we're uh, we're all remote and we're not we're not able to see each other because of isolation. What what do you think the the kind of medium to long term effect has been on the business now that you've created more alignment, you've gotten the team more on the same page? Um, yeah, good question. Well, I mean, before. Uh, the lockdown January and February were our best performing months ever as a company um, so and we had only started this uh, rocks process a couple of years before and we probably really refined it and nailed it last year um, and got like all the the process totally right you know how we set them how we communicate them how everyone works towards them and the last two months before March were incredible for us. And it really, um, obviously it's, it's not just because of this, but I think it's because of the way we were all working and the way uh, we trusted each other to do, and all the different departments to do what they needed to do to achieve the objectives that we set out to achieve as a company um, meant that we were performing better and ultimately we were getting better results. Um, and, 
yeah, it was amazing. We were all celebrating <laughs> in February how great everything was going as a company and we were really, really proud of that. And now, obviously, like you said, it's 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 changed and the environment we're in now um, means communication is more important than ever. Uh, and we, we, we've tried to keep that, you know, the way we're set up, we've tried to keep it continuing um even through this and we've actually shortened it so obviously other than uh, rather than like a quarterly objective we've gone let's just focus on the month and really focus everyone on the month ahead and set the objective for the month and then get everyone working behind that so we've we've changed it slightly just to make it a bit more adjust or flexible really because who knows what's going to happen in a month or two um and i think long term how that's going to affect the company is it's just going to mean even if you do, even if we do hire new people, which hopefully we do, and we do bring new people into the company, it's not a free for all, if that makes sense. Like we have a process and it, and they will easily adapt to that because we've got some structure there. Um, And it's not going to be a question of, you know, am I communicating at the right time? Am I telling the right people? Am I doing the right thing? Uh, It's not going to rub any, you know, anybody up the wrong way but because we've got this the way we work is set and I think the problem previously was the way we work worked wasn't it was it was loose there was no clear direction um so I think for the long term it's better I think it only just means we can accomplish more um and we can accomplish more things together and have the whole team feeling like they're a part of this mission that we're on yeah do you think you were more prepared for for lockdown because you've done this work around alignment and keeping everyone pushing in the same direction oh yeah definitely um yeah 100 i mean i don't think anyone could have been fully prepared <laughs> for this um unless you're a psychic but uh <laughs> we definitely are more prepared and i think about i always compare work life to my previous work experience and my my previous uh, companies that I've worked at and I think about how they would have reacted or how they're dealing with it now and I know work life are way better off just as a culture as you know being already able to work remotely you know we have laptops and we don't have like fixed locations uh, that we work in and you know various things but mainly just as a culture and a company and the process that we have and this alignment and vision everything means we're we're going to withstand this. Um, And I think about the companies I used to work for and I'm like, oh my God, it would just, I think culturally fall apart um, and motivationally, I think fall apart as well. People might feel a bit lost, um, Mm. especially now, because I felt a bit lost when we were all in the same office, let alone being um, divided. So I think I'm pretty confident that we're definitely more prepared. <laughs> nice, that's good. It's a it's a very happy note um, in these in these troubling times. But you know, I guess I want to push you on culturally. This has had an impact. But what's been the impact for you, the individual? Like, I think it's really important to connect culture to how it makes us feel, because that is, you know, that's such a big part of it. How do you as an individual feel now versus two, two and a half years ago? Um, I feel more connected to the rest of the team and to the different um, team members. And I feel more 
trusting of everyone. I feel I'm also trusted and that that autonomy, people completely trust me and what I'm doing and know that everything I'm doing is to to get to better us as a company and um, equally that's what I know everyone else is doing. But I think the most important is just people, it, I personally feel, and I know others feel important um, and feel like they're a part of the success that we um, have and the failures, you know, if we don't do well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's on all of us, you know, we're all working um, together. So we're lucky that it's been success up until, <laughs> up until COVID-19, but um, we are very lucky that it's been success and everyone has felt that they individually, no matter what their role is, have contri- has contributed to that. And that is, you know, I know that's so important to most people in their careers and feeling that for any role that they have. And I know a lot of people don't get that. Um, and I think that that's definitely changed uh, since since I joined yeah that's so so cool and 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 I'm so glad that that's how you feel but I you know it really is the holy grail for an organization is is having a group of people that feel genuinely attached and engaged and part of what that company is trying to do and if you can if you can get there then you know there is so much that you can achieve but also there's so much that you so much that you can withstand and and I think in you know as we talk today, that's that's more relevant than ever, right? And we, when we look in, when we look back in six months and twelve months after all of this is cleared, we will realise the value of achieving feelings like that through culture, through the processes that we run in our organisation, because they make us more resilient and they allow us to withstand, uh, you know, situations like COVID nineteen. Um, so to wrap up, I just want to look at, you know, what are the three pieces of advice that you'd give someone who might be struggling with keeping everyone on the same page within their organization? You know, what's the starting point? And um, yeah, I think we want to try and keep those bite sized. They're things that people can pick up, go think about today, tomorrow or next week. Yeah, so I would definitely say start with some company-wide objectives what where think about where you want to be in a couple years um five years if that forward thinking and start to build some annual or quarterly objectives that you can get everyone behind um be transparent don't hold anything back you know the more people know the more they'll connect with the vision and the strategy and feel more empowered um that they can contribute to them uh, so as much as you can give and show um, about how the business is performing, do that for sure. Um, and I think the last one would be it works both ways. So creating forums or ways that your team can feedback and share information between each other. So it's flowing in every direction, not just top down, um, I think is super important. So clear. Company goals, transparency. And make sure that any dialogue is always um, both, you know, in in both in both directions between you and the team and the team and you. Um, that dialogue is super super important. And on that wisdom um, and and that summary, we need to wrap up today's episode. I want to say a big thank you to Sarah 
for joining us today, especially in the midst of all of this. I know that time is precious and um, we all have lots on our plate. Um, so thanks so much for, for joining us today. No, thank you, Ben. Thanks for having me virtually. <laughs> yeah, no worries. We'll, we'll do it again soon for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I need to thank um, Mel, um, our producer, who's sitting behind some virtual glass somewhere, um, looking after us, making sure that we um, keep this podcast moving. To all of you listening along at home, um, thank you for joining us. We hope that we're providing some use, some value in this hard time. If there's things you'd like us to discuss, drop us a line. We're at Join Charlie on Twitter. I'm at Gately. Look forward to seeing you again next week. I've been Ben Branson-Gately, your host, and this has been the Culture Ops Podcast.